Garage Logic Podcast number 81, January 18, 2019, 36 below in 1887 on this day, but as high as 48 on this day in 1891. This segment of uh, Garage Logic is brought to you by Henry Skate Sharpening. He just located in the back room of the Knack Hardware and Lounge. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. We haven't talked about the wall, which is the source of all contention right now in Washington, D.C., the building of a wall along the southern border. Uh, with Mexico, and uh, but I'm going to talk about it right now. I'll tell you why. And uh, uh, Jordy alerted me to this. I'm a big admirer of Dennis Prager. You guys know Dennis Prager, yes. syndicated talk show host. I'm a, yes. an admirer of Dennis. And he has an online university, and there he gets wonderful people to record uh, videos, uh, and they're all of a common sense nature. They're fantastic. And Jordy, uh, I've been sitting on this for a while, but today seems to be the day to play this. Uh, Jordy uh, linked me uh, to one of the appearances on Prager's online university. I think it's called Prager U. He had as a guest commentator Charles Krauthammer. Uh, I admire Charles Krauthammer a great deal. He's no longer with us. In Ju- on June fifth, twenty seventeen, Krauthammer uh, did a piece for Prager on building a wall. That, that's what, almost two years before this current kerfuffle, yes, right? Yes, yes. And uh, Charles' voice, uh, you have to listen closely. Charles, uh, you know, of course, was paralyzed in a diving accident, and he was a year away from death, and it may be that his voice was starting to uh, to weaken a bit. Uh, he died uh, June 21st, 2018, last summer. Uh, at any rate, this is Charles Krauthammer, and the reason I want to play this is because this is what I now think of building a wall. Uh, because I'm willing to take my tutelage where I find it, and I trust uh, the thinking of Krauthammer. I think he's an extraordinary—he was an extraordinary thinker. I think he was a genius. I think he was a good guy. And this is a rational, civil, calm, common-sense description as to why a great thinker like Krauthammer believes that a wall is necessary— and again, this was done June 5, 2017. He's no longer even on Earth, much less is he currently commentating on the wall. This was almost two years ago. You have to listen carefully, I think. Uh, <clears throat> Charles had a distinct way of speaking. But I guarantee you uh, it'll be worth your while. Every sensible immigration policy has two objectives. One, to regain control of our borders so that we decide who enters, and two, to find a humane way to deal with the 11 million illegal immigrants who now live among us. Start with the second. For both practical and moral reasons, America cannot and will not and should not expel 11 million people. That leaves us with two choices. Ignore them or figure out a way to legalize them. Ignoring them hasn't worked. But there's also a huge problem with legalization. It creates an irresistible incentive 
for new illegal immigrants to come. We say, of course, that this would be the very last, very final, never again, we're not kidding this time, amnesty. And everyone knows it's phony. That's what we're saying. The the background uh, zooming noises you hear is that this was a video and uh, graphics were being thrown up on a screen behind him. With with numbers. uh, Yes, that's that's what you're hearing. All right, pick it up, please. In 1986, when we passed the Simpson-Mazzoli immigration reform, it turned out to be the largest legalization program in American history. Nearly three million people got permanent residency. There was no enforcement. We now have 11 million new illegal immigrants in our midst. The irony of this whole debate, which bitterly splits the country, is that there is a silver bullet that would not just solve the problem, but also create a national consensus behind it. A vast number of Americans who oppose legalization and fear new waves of immigration would change their minds if we could radically reduce new, i.e. future, illegal immigration. And we can. First, build a barrier. Call it a wall, call it a fence, call it what you will. Add cameras and sensors, add drones, beef up the patrols. All that matters is that we regain control of the border. Fences work. The triple fence outside San Diego led to a 90% reduction in infiltration. Israel's border fence with the West Bank produced a similar decline. Even holier-than-thou Europeans have conceded the point. Hungary, Macedonia, Bulgaria, Austria, Greece, Spain, why even Norway have all started building border fences to stem the tide of Middle Eastern refugees. Then enforce two other measures a national e-verify system that makes it just about impossible to work if you are here illegally, and a functioning visa tracking system since 40% of illegal immigrants are visa overstays. The wall fence will, of course, be ugly. So are the concrete barriers to keep truck bombs from driving into the White House. Sometimes function has to supersede form. And don't tell me that this is our Berlin Wall. When you build a wall to keep people in, that's a prison. When you build a wall to keep people out, that's an expression of sovereignty. Of course, no barrier will be foolproof, but it doesn't have to be. It simply has to reduce the river to a manageable trickle. Once we do, everything becomes possible, including dealing with our 11 million illegal immigrants. So let's fix that. Track the visas, do we verify, build the damn barrier. It's ridiculous to say that it can't be done. And who would certify that the border is back in our control? I would have a neutral party, perhaps a commission of retired jurists, issue the judgment. Once they do, we legalize the 11 million, granting them the right to stay and work here. We can't give them citizenship. That's a bridge too far. You don't get to join the political destiny of the country by entering it illegally. But any children born here would be American, which means that over time, the issue resolves itself. The American people are legitimately angry at the price American society has paid due to illegal immigration. But they are also a generous people. Once they're assured that we do indeed control our borders, 
that anger will abate. A national consensus will emerge. Radical border control followed by radical legalization. No mushy compromise. A solution requires two acts of national will. Putting up a wall along with E-Verify and visa tracking and absorbing those who broke our laws to come to America. This is not a compromise meant to appease both sides without achieving anything. It's not some piece of hybrid legislation that arbitrarily divides illegals into those with five-year-old roots in America and those without, or some such mischief-making nonsense. If we do it right, not only will we solve the problem, we will get it done as one nation. I'm Charles Krauthammer for Prager University. If anybody ever asked me from that point, from this point forward, what's your position on the wall? I'm just going to say, may I refer you to a Charles Krauthammer piece that he authored and spoke on June 5th, 2017. That is my position. Wow. Did you get the main lesson he took from it? What the wall would do was eventually slow illegal immigration to a trickle. And in the meantime, you take care of the people who are here. And that, and once their children become adults and participating in the political process, that problem of of accommodating the 11 million people will have taken care of itself because their children will be. It fades off the American to nothing. cities, American citizens. Wow, that's two years before this current. Why are we situation. first hearing about it now? Well, wow. we're not. We're not. That was done two years ago, and I just wasn't. Uh, paying attention to Prager University clips two years ago. And uh, thanks to Jordy for alerting me who, to this. Who could take the stance arguing that point? Well, Trump has, but not as eloquently as Krauthammer. Well, I guess I'll that's say. that's my point. Yeah. Because there's there's always going to be the section of those that would hear that and say, that's racist. And again, the word means nothing anymore, especially on this show. It doesn't mean a thing. But there are still so many people that would that would listen to that, that would would miss the message entirely. The message that, that has been lost, or the message that has been corrupted by progressives, is the progressives, the Mysterians, uh, don't seem to give a wit about the sovereignty of our country mm-hmm. uh, uh, somebody's knocking at the door here and it's not Roycey no I mean isn't there a red recording light that's there, on there is yeah there is. I think it was a computer guy I know it was I know it was why don't we take a break and uh, as long as my thoughts got that dramatically interrupted why don't we take a break sure. and uh, come back injured and 35,092 dead. Those are the National Safety Council injury facts from our nation's highways in 2015 as a result of vehicle crashes. Federated Insurance reminds you, these are more than statistics. This is family, friends, and neighbors. Distracted driving is an epidemic, but it's not the only factor in vehicle crashes. How about fatigue? You drive when you're sleepy and find it too hard to keep your eyes open? Then pull over. Go for a walk. 
Have you ever been unable to recall changing lanes? Do you stay up late nights and drive to work tired? You've got to change those habits. A National Sleep Foundation poll revealed that 60% of adult drivers say they have driven a vehicle while feeling drowsy, and more than a third of those same drivers admitted to actually falling asleep at the wheel. Don't become a statistic. Get yourself some sleep before you get behind the wheel. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Please make it home safely today. More urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a Ph.D., Joe Suchere. Where were we? Oh. We, we have a group of uh, politicians, especially the incoming progressives, who would disabuse the citizens of this country of the preciousness of sovereignty. There's nothing wrong with having our own country. And there's nothing wrong with admitting people to the country legally and have them join the process. That's not what's currently happening. I defer to Charles Krauthammer, who was a great, great thinker, and I defy anybody to find anything uncivil, untoward, or uncharitable in his message there, said and spoken June 5th, 2017. All right. Oh, okay. The what is, what are, what's the left fighting for? The left is fighting for as many people as possible to come in here and vote for them. That's exactly where I was going to go. That's what they're fighting for. So uh, they would be against this because— They're uh, fighting for power. They're fighting for control, and they believe that uh, the more chaos that reigns, the more they'll have control. This seems like the best solution, though. All right, those people are here already. Uh, We're going to cut everybody off, and we're we're going to wait this out. What what Krauthammer believes is that a wall with— additional technology, you mentioned drones, cameras, what have you, would slow the illegal push to a manageable trickle, where now it's an uh, it's a flood. and and You can still come here absolutely. legally. Absolutely. You just got to go through this door over here and be yeah, processed. Absolutely. But, but for a country to sit here and try to exercise control, and 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 for those to look at that and say, well, that's racist. You people are out of your mind. It's not racist. It's just that that Trump is not eloquent, and he doesn't. He uh, is not. He he. But I think he has at its at its at his heart. The, well, if he has a heart, I think what he's what he's dealing with, however clumsily he might be speaking it, is that he's hearing American people say, you know what? There's nothing wrong with us being a sovereign nation. We can't just give it away. We can't just live in turmoil. We can't continue to uh, uh, use public monies to accommodate so many people here illegally. We can't keep providing them health care and education and what have you. That's not what a sovereign nation does. A sovereign nation controls itself and controls its points of entry and controls its border. And one way that has come up, and if, if it's good enough for Krauthammer, it's good enough for me, and that is just one hell of a wall. I didn't really have a wall position until I listened and I watched and listened to Crownhammer three times. And I just can't find a false word in his narrative, not mm-hmm. one false word. And that's why I wanted to play it for GLers. And he didn't have to shout at the top of his lungs to get his point across Absolutely either. not. He didn't even have to cancel Nancy Pelosi's plane flight, <laughs> which I thought was funny. What do you make? Do you make that? you think that was... Uh... Yeah, but it's not funny if, in fact, it's true 
that he said, okay, uh, gang, it, why don't you just fly commercial? And apparently they were going to. And now the Pelosi entourage is accusing the White House of leaking the fact that they were going to be uh, ferreting themselves out of here commercially, which does present to them uh, would have presented a grave security problem. Right. And if that, in fact, came from Trump, then he stopped being funny. It was funny to write Nancy Pelosi a letter and saying, right. you know, given the fact that uh, there's so 800,000 <laughs> people out of work and uh, you and I should really be talking, uh, it, it's it's not uh, it's not seemly that you're going to be taking off on a week uh, week long junket. And therefore, right. I'm canceling your uh, transportation. If you wish to travel commercially, uh, you're certainly free to Go do right that. Ahead. But if it's true that that Trump somehow arranged to leak the fact blew the cover that they're going to go commercially he's he's that's he's crazy. not a good guy he's crazy that's, but even if bad, she, he's a bad guy to do that even if she and the crew were going to fly commercially that's still a bad look oh yeah well, what do you mean a bad look? Well, you, the the government's shut down. You can't just. Well, that's what I think. That was one of his points. Sure. Why Why are you entitled to be flying around here when when we should be solving this? Is there some way? I mean, people smarter than us have must have thought. Is there some way? Do you think Pelosi's ever watched that Krauthammer video? I wonder. No, I, I would highly, I would highly doubt that. Uh, instead of Trump talking to her, could she get in a room and have that played for her? <laughs> There's nothing about that last that five. There's minute, nothing uncharitable about it. There's nothing wrong about it. Everything about that is right on, and it's not very political. It's not right. Not it's not left. It's not leaving anybody out other than the new illegals that are trying to get across but the board. He's a, Those, he's a genuine conservative thinker. He's not a television conservative thinker like Hannity or Limbaugh or right. the rest of these screwballs. He's a thinker. He's a, in the William F. Buckley school of thought. He's a thinker. And what did you hear that wasn't the result and product of his great thinking but and those, great common sense? But those holding office, Pelosi included, they have a narrative to adhere to, Joe. No, they, I understand. They could be sat and watch this on loop and, and might even agree with it, but they won't publicly act in a way that supports it because they have a base to 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 appease. Do you recall, uh, we've mentioned him a number of times. I wrote a column about him. Uh, Dan Bostrom, possibly the last sane voice Yes. On the St. Paul City Council, there is no longer any sane voice in the Minneapolis City Council. Barb Johnson's gone. Uh, so you are completely ruled by the salon in both cities. Uh, but uh, the city council w- was in charge of finding a uh, replacement for right. Bostrom. Right. What, uh, what, uh, this is a pretty darn important task. What middle-of-the-road-style uh, person did they, uh, did they recommend? Are they, are they see- seeking? Well, I, I happen to have your answer. Imagine that, huh? Mm-hmm. What I wonder what what um, what line of work? Well, you know, maybe a, a, a street worker, maybe a uh, uh, I don't know, somebody guy from a hardware store. Yes, or, yeah, somebody that has their 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 finger. Somebody's actually worked. You mean? Yeah, yeah. On the on the on the on the pulse of the economy. Saint Paul educator and youth worker Kasim Busuri. Wow. Oh will serve as the interim 6th Ward City Council member until the end of 2019, filling the seat vacated by Dan Bostrom. Council members chose Busuri to represent the East Side Ward after a public interview Wednesday. Busuri, who is Education Director at Minnesota DeWa Institute and Child Care Center Director at Bright Start, 
was one of seven candidates seeking the position. Uh, Bostrom left the council in December after unexpectedly announcing his retirement. As part of the interview process, candidates had to confirm that they do not plan to run for the sixth ward seat in November. The entire council is up for re-election this year. Council members are expected to approve Busuri's appointment January 23, and he'll be sworn in Feb 6. So uh, as he can come on the council as long as he doesn't run yeah. in the next election. Yeah. Okay. Um wonder why he would want to do that. Oh, I don't Maybe know. Maybe what, what if he gets a little taste of that, <laughs> of that city council blood, and then he says, wait a minute, uh, you know what, I do want to run. I take it back. My fingers were crossed. See, I grew up, I didn't grow up in the east side, but I grew up going to school on the east side. And I know the east side very well. Okay. Very well. Yeah. Extended family from the east side. Know it like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and, and in fairness, uh, demographically, it's, it's changed Considerably, yes, it's changed. You know, Johnson can't even what? Can they even field a hockey team? Uh, <laughs> that might be a conglomerate. You know, I mean, it's it's no longer uh, it's no longer blue collar factory workers who worked at the brewery or American Hoisted Derrick or, Post or Whirlpool or or what have you. It's uh, uh, many of our new friends from distant lands, and uh, you know, for all I know, this guy's the right choice. Okay, you know. He's not. He's no longer representing a constituency of Krupe, Hughes, and Shattuck. He's uh, representing a, constitui- a constituency of of names that we have not uh, commonly used or heard of because there are new friends right. and visitors from from other countries, from other which, lands. Which is that's that's all fine and dandy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but no, I don't all, know. That the, let's just leave it at that. It's all okay. fine and dandy. Okay, it's all fine and dandy. That's, that's another uh, that's what I'm discussing. You know. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I don't know what the Dua Institute is. I don't spell that for me. Dua is it like Dua? Do- Maybe it's it like up. a DJ. Why don't you look it up on the big screen? We got a really nifty oh, yeah. screen. We got a TCL baby. Uh, Da one of these in my house. Da Dua. Then an apostrophe. Yep. W A H Institute. Uh. Okay. <laughs> Let's nope. see what we get. Rook spelled it wrong. Right, just let's try to keep it moving as quickly as possible. The Dua Institute of Nigeria is the Research and Islamic Propagation Department of the Islamic Education Trust. That might be of Nigeria. Let's try the Minnesota Dua Institute. Let's try that. Home about us. Let's Let's go right to about us. Oh, I've seen they're on University Avenue. Okay. It's not the best looking building. I've seen it. Just be quiet, please, and just be quiet. And let me see this. Uh, You can read it because your eyes are a little better. Get to know about Mazid Dua, we, who we are, purpose, and goal. Minnesota Dua Institute was established in February of 2007 by local Muslims from different backgrounds and professions with one goal in common, to be an asset in our community in which adequate programs and services such as religious, educational, and social are provided through adhering in the principles of Islam, the Quran, and Sunnah. All right. Now um, see if there's one called... 
No, it's I, I would I okay. would trust that he. It's according to this, uh, Busari is the director at Minnesota Dua Institute. So you are reading the right information. Okay, that's and the they, he is a director of this particular institute. They would help with uh, uh, whatever services, NICA divorce, all right, counseling, family, youth, and marriage, immigration, yep. hospital and sick visits, youth mentoring, after school programs, homework help center, weekend Islamic school and Dua classes, and uh, a couple other Tarbia. things. Tarbia. Yeah, Tarbia and, and Halakha. Tell us. Whatever that is. Right well, now. Tell okay, us. There, you are. That's, that's, uh, there you have it. We're very okay. diverse, and uh, uh, he'll be filling in until... Uh, so his role was uh, here as a, a director? It says he is, does it say A or D? Uh, he is education director. Okay. At Minnesota Dua Institute. Okay. Education. So he's right. probably helping some of the kids and yeah. maybe some yes. of the adults yes. that need to yes. fill out yes. a license form. Yes, or... yes. It's a, times change. We must change with them. To an old St. Saint, old Saint Paulite like me, these are uh, fascinating times, interesting times. We have, we have among our citizens now a great uh, and widespread diversity. Yes, but I think the only difference is... You have no right to talk because you live in South St. Paul. That's true. But uh, growing up in St. Paul... your mayor calls radio shows and and does different voices. (laughs) Yes, he does. (laughs) But growing up in St. Paul, and I remember uh, the the Hmong refugees, the influx in the the 70s, and they would hook up with the church. I remember helping out a family as well. The difference is those families truly adapted to our culture and language and worked hard. I don't know that this new group uh, is Do you remember the caller? Uh, He's the fellow who, when he shakes your hand, he takes your pulse. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember this gentleman. He's a local mortician, good friend of ours. Uh, He had a great point. He grew up on the east side. Okay. And and I remember him saying this uh, six months ago or so when some topic came up that would have compelled him to weigh in. And he said the biggest difference in the country right now, and I just thought this was so uh, pertinent, he said people used to come to this country in order to become Americans. Now they come to this country in order to live in America. And there's a, wow, I think that's there is a, a big difference. I think that's a big, yep. big difference. And I, I think that that's the kind of thinking that Krauthammer could have uh, given a spin around the block. People used to come to this country. You know, the go, go back all the way. Okay. The Irish did not come to this country to live in America. The Irish came to this country to become Americans. Yes. There's a huge distinction. That and now, have... You have, now you have people from various uh, lands around the world who come to this country, and the first thing they do is figure out how to game the system and set up their own community centers and preserve their own culture and speak their own language. And they have no interest in becoming Americans. They have a great fascination and interest in living here. I can't believe that wisdom came out of that guy's mouth. Oh, isn't that that's really, somebody must have told that to him. That's not original. <laughs> well, he's smarter than he lets on. But, wow, that's right on. You're, that's, break that down. That's, you're, that's just spot did. on. I just did. Look now, at now. People used to come to America with a great, great intention and love of becoming an American. Now they come to this country with no more intention than to merely live in America. A one and a two and a... You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. There she was just walking down the street singing do what diddy diddy dum diddy do. 
Moving the fingers and the shuffling the feet. Manfred Man, right? Did, yep. Dua Diddy. That's a great tune. Is that their, is that the school's, the uh, the center's a fight song? I don't think so. I think that's different. Under, uh, under my direction, uh, Reaver spent uh, considerable time attempting to commit Representative Ilhan Omar to join us on the show. Oh, what time uh, is she doing that? I think you people that voted for her uh, have been hoodwinked. I don't necessarily think you're being represented well. She has no interest in being held accountable, uh, at least to, to come on with me. I'm sure she'll find some uh, uh, what she would consider to be more receptive or friendly uh, news-gathering outlets that would throw her softballs. When right? I called the Minneapolis office, mm-hmm. I spoke to Kate, mm-hmm. and she was very nice. And then she directed me to the the uh, Washington office. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I got a, just a generic voicemail. Are you aware that she's in the news? Yes. Right now. Uh, freshman, I find her to, to be a duplicitous uh, human being. You I said, think. did you know she's in the news? What day isn't that true? That's true. true. She's always in the news. Freshman Minnesota Representative Ilhan Omar is fighting back after being labeled a bigot by critics for two tweets, one a recent post about Lindsey Graham and the other from more than six weeks ago about Israel. On Tuesday, the Minneapolis Democrat posted a tweet about Graham saying, they got to him, he is compromised. The comment was made with a retweet of a post featuring a 2015 CNN interview in which the South Carolina Republican called then-presidential candidate Donald Trump a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. When asked about the tweet on CNN Thursday, Omar said her point was, We have seen many times where Senator Lindsey Graham has told us how dangerous this president could be if he was given the opportunity to be in the White House, and all of a sudden he's not only uh, a 180 turnaround but a 360-degree turnaround. So I'm pretty sure that there is something happening with him, whether it is something that has to do with his funding when it comes to running for office, whether it has something to do with the poll that they might have in the district or whatever it is to do with some sort of leadership within the Senate, she continued, uh, without providing any uh, proof. Well, not, not only no evidence, but I don't know what she meant by they. Who's they? He is somehow compromised to no longer stand up for the truth, she concluded, uh, for his change of opinion. So let me stop right there. Uh, whimsically, out of thin air, she has decided to attack Lindsey Graham for Lindsey Graham's views of Trump from what's getting to be four years ago now. And not only that, she is uh, uh, floating the idea, which will be extraordinarily tempting to the likes of her followers. Mm-hmm. She's floating the idea that, well, because he used to say bad things about Trump, he's no longer speaking the truth. So we learned two things. She thinks it's the truth that Trump is a uh, uh, a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. Okay. That would be the truth to okay. her. Uh, and that's, But the second thing she's doing is she's, she's suggesting, she's planting the seed of suspicion that because Graham now doesn't say these things about Trump, that obviously Trump is blackmailing him. That's they what she's saying. They, got, a, to they him. got to him. She, but she provides no evidence. She is a deceitful... Mm-hmm. Not trustworthy person. She's not there to help her district. She's there to help herself. Did she? Did uh, she comment on her district her. at all? I'm troubled she... by her. Uh... Now I'm going to be the no racist, but, me, but, but even calling when she even when she was running for office and she was going on uh, Comedy Central and she's, I have always had the and I know people that voted for her. 
I don't. Uh, she's always g- given the impression that the job she's running for is secondary, and she's in this to become a star in some way. When and Pres- that's all the media is treating her, by the way. When pressed on how she could make such a charge without evidence, Omar at first asserted, the evidence really is present to us, but then backtracked, explaining, my tweet was just an opinion based on what I believe to be visible to me, and I'm pretty sure there are lots of Americans who agree on this. Well, I'm not among them, and I'll tell you why. Isn't this called politics? Isn't it common that you rip the hell out of your opponent, yes. and then once your opponent ends up winning, you figure out a way to live with them? Isn't that, isn't that uh, politics? George Bush with Ronald Reagan. Isn't they couldn't this, stand each other, and then, you want to be my vice president? Ronnie, good to see you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. It's, the Poli- it's called yeah. politics. Of course Graham, was, uh, Graham fe- didn't want Trump. But no. Trump won. Now Graham's working with him. Right. And this foul creature... I'm I'm troubled by her behavior. She's duplicitous, uh, which means what? Deceitful, and and uh, she she has the audacity. Two weeks into the job, no experience whatsoever. Right? Wouldn't you be in Nothing. the back of the room, kind of with your head down, kind of observing a little bit? No, as no. Opposed to... I mean, let her charge forward. But here's what she charged forwards with. Uh, charges forward with. Uh, I believe this is visible to me. So what we're going to be subjected to during her terms in office is that whatever she happens to feel. See, she's a postmodernist who believes the truth is relative. So I'm in a, I'm determining, Ilan Omar says, I'm determining that Trump is a racist, racist xenophobic, uh, xenophobic religious bigot. And, and back then, four years ago, Lindsey Graham was telling the truth when he said that. But now Lindsey Graham is not saying that anymore. Therefore, he's no longer telling the truth. I suspect they got to him. Bought he's compromised. He's, they're blackmailing him. On what? What evidence do you have? I don't have any. This is just what I think. You can't have it both ways. Well, like you get to think that. But you're making some really, really vulgar charges here. What's going to be her backlash? Well, what's going to... Although she made no reference to Graham's sexuality, many conservatives denounced her for homophobia, saying her tweet about Graham being compromised was a reference to long-running and unsubstantiated rumors that he's gay. Oh. This is ignorant, homophobic, and unacceptable CNN's S.E. Cup tweeted with a link to the CNN interview in which Omar made no reference to Graham's sexuality. Democrats, this is becoming a very bad look. Here we have Ilan Omar, a sitting congresswoman, floating around a conspiracy theory with absolutely zero evidence that Lindsey Graham is secretly gay and the GOP is holding him hostage. Unbelievable, tweeted social media strategist Caleb Hull. Omar responded with a tweet of her own. I love how revealing the right is in their assumptions of me, Omar said Thursday in response to a Breitbart news link to an article about the controversy. Pro tip, just because you are homophobic doesn't mean anyone else is. In another tweet, she said conservatives jumped to the conclusion she was being homophobic because the right thinks being homosexual is compromising. What I love, what I, well, I have news for them. Being LGBTQ plus isn't something we should be ashamed of, she said. Y'all know my tweet, y'all. Why apostrophe A-L-L. What? Who said that? Omar did? Yeah. Come on. Y'all? Y'all know my tweet had nothing to do with his sexuality and everything to do with his blind cooperation with Trump. Let's focus. So she's not—that's very revealing. Yes. She's not there to work across party lines. She's there to condemn Trump. 
Graham's office declined to comment when uh, contacted by USA Today, but in 2018 he did address a series of tweets from comedian Chelsea Handler that also implied he was being blackmailed for being homosexual. She wants to live her life that way. That's up to her, Graham told TMZ. She knows zero about me to the extent that it matters. I'm not gay. Another Omar tweet from 2012 has drawn accusations of anti-Semitism against the congresswoman who was appointed to a seat on the House Foreign Relations Committee by Nancy Pelosi yesterday, on Wednesday. Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. Israel Omar, who was Muslim of Somali descent, tweeted during an Israeli military offensive against Hamas in the Gaza Strip. May Allah awaken. Are you kidding me? Anti-Semitism has no place in Congress and certainly not in the House Foreign Affairs Committee. I am deeply disappointed in Speaker Pelosi's choice, a choice that threatens the committee's long history of bipartisan support for Israel. House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy said in a statement Thursday. On Thursday, Omar told CNN her tweet was a regrettable way of expressing her point. Oh, my God. And said she didn't know her comments would be offensive to Jewish Americans. What? Sure she did. So she's backpedaling uh, again on this. Oh, I, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Well, she's obviously doing it to uh, to be an antagonist. And we're stuck with this duplicitous, ill-tempered, manipulative, Machiavellian... Uh, I'm trying to keep it above board. Here. I, I hope so, yeah. Uh, uh, Lindsey Graham has never been married, has no children. He helped to raise his sister Darlene after the deaths of his mother and father, which occurred within 15 months of each other, leading the two uh, without parents when he was 22 and she was 13. So he's been through quite a bit. He's kind of like a brother, mother, and a father all rolled into one. Mm -hmm. How bleak, though, is the outlook on the future of those elected that are like Elon? I think we're doomed. Joe, I'm looking at her Twitter account right now. I don't like her, uh, and it has nothing to do with her skin color. No. I don't like her personality. She is manipulative. She is dangerous because she's getting away with these wild accusations that somehow uh, uh, Graham is being blackmailed or something. It's just it, it's politics, you fool. It's it's been a it's been throughout American politics throughout history. You rip the hell out of your opponent, and then when you when you lose, you figure out a way to get along with them. But why when the the left has this mob mentality? Uh, 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 with a, a lot of subjects, and yet the likes of her aren't going to be held accountable for for actions or anything that's said. That's 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 really troubling. Uh, there were rumors there; they've never been substantiated that to avoid what some sort of immigration hassle, she married her brother. Yes, uh, but I can find that not to be the case. Uh, but I could not find that to be the case because when those allegations surfaced, every single news gathering organization in the Twin Cities ran to her defense. So I'm not sure how thoroughly that was examined because, you know, the likes of Men Post or the Star Tribune or what have you, they're, they're, they find her to be, they, they find her to fit their template perfectly. Oh, perfectly. She's black. She's female. She's uh, glib. She's Muslim. The first uh, everything. She's the first everything. And uh, we're stuck with her. We're stuck with this duplicitous, uh, I, I got to stop right there. I can't get myself... Yeah, even though, and even she though won't could come, and, she, and I apologize to GLers. Uh, well, yeah, the people that she say, won't come on with have us. her on. <laughs> well, uh, we're trying. People. We, we've we're, tried. We're she's not going to be accountable to anyone that's not going to be friendly to her. And I would be entirely civil to her, but her people would get to her and say, "Don't go on with him." Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Just like um, uh, Nakima. 
Nikki Levy Pounds. The night before, she told CNN's Christiana Anampur that she thought her choice of words was unfortunate. There's a difference between criticizing a military action by a government that has exercised really oppressive policies and being offensive or attacking a particular people of faith, she said. You're being well served, Edina, Richfield, St. Louis Park. I think that uh, we've seen uh, and heard enough of her to know what her true feelings are about Israel. Uh, okay. What, what would you expect them to be, given her uh, very intense uh, Muslim background? Uh, but of course, you need to work together with she, Israel if she, you are in she the. She has no interest uh, in, uh, no. in the House of Representatives. You have to. You, you can't just rip them. You've got to go above that and realize that you're going to win some. You're going to lose some. This is going to introduce an entire new category too, Joe. And I, I can't remember how long ago you coined the term. Those elected are are trying to be important rather than useful. Yeah, she's going to take that to a new level. I I uh, I have my suspicions that uh, it's worse than that. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, okay. In two thousand two, Omar became engaged to Mary. Uh, what is that? What happened? The table is rising. The it's like a, a movie here. You hit the button. That, what that, movie did? No, rookie did by accident. I must have hit it with my big belly. Uh, she became engaged to Ahmed Hirsi. They applied for a marriage license, but the application was not finalized. The couple had two children together before separating in 08. In 09, Omar married Ahmed Nur Said Elmi, a British citizen. She said that in 2011, she and Elmi had a faith based divorce. And in 2017, they were legally divorced. In 2011, she reconciled with Hirsi. They had a third child in 2012. Okay, and they were. Okay, so they got three kids, and they're legally married now. Uh, oh, uh, She's just a busy gal, huh? In, in fairness to us, Omar has not responded to any news outlet trying to get her to, to comment. Except, I, wonder, I guess, CNN. Your prediction, will this make her um, shout louder, or will this make her go to the back of the room and keep her head down? No, no, she's never. She's not a back-of-the-room type gal. No. She's, uh, no. she's in this for reasons that we possibly don't even understand. Well, good luck. Again, Edina, uh, Golden Valley, St. Louis Park. Uh, I don't know that you're well served. And I, I don't I, think you're being well served, and she's not going to be accountable to you. Uh, there's a lot of Jewish people in her district. Yeah, especially Edina, uh, well, especially St. Louis Golden Park, Valley. Golden Valley. St. Louis Park. All right. So we got that going for us. Yeah. Um, what is a pirate's favorite letter? I. No. R? You might think it's R, but it's really the C. Why did that come up? I don't know. I wanted to tell a joke. Hey, have you ever have you ever seen a peacock fly? No. It's really cool. What is wrong with you? I, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged in some very serious stuff here, and you just blurt out this crap. Have you ever seen a peacock fly? People go, no. It's really neat. What if I had said yes? I would have said it's pretty cool, isn't it? Oh, Lord. She won't come on, huh? Why don't you go find somebody to push down a ramp? What's the smartest smartest gun in the world? The Elon Musket. Okay. Oh, What are you... I'm Friday, baby. Let's go. What podcast is this? 81? For you, it's the last. It's going to be the last. It's for you, it's the last. This is 81 for the rest of us.